We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. You might have heard that Joe Biden went back against his uh, promise. I know, it's hard to believe, isn't it? That Joe Biden would promise something and uh, then would uh, not live up to said promise. What is the promise that I am talking about? Well, you might have heard Joe Biden say this on the campaign trail a time or ten. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Ah, well, until he signed... A deal this past week end that allowed ConocoPhillips to proceed with what is called the Willow Project in the Alaska's National Petroleum Reserve. What will the Willow Project do? Well, eventually, if it ever comes to fruition, uh, it will lead to eighteen hundred, uh, excuse me, one hundred eighty thousand barrels of oil daily to flow down the Trans-Alaska Pipeline. And you might say, ah, thankfully, the president has finally seen the light. We're going to ramp up domestic energy oil production. Well, not so fast. Now, Joe Biden is trying to thread the needle here. He is trying to do something so that he can say, look, look, I'm not against fossil fuel production. While also stopping enough of it that the green energy weirdos will not protest. But so far, they're not happy. Um. Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon, a Democrat, of course, called Joe Biden's approval of the Willow Project a betrayal. Uh, Several others have called it uh, a carbon bomb. (laughs) Oh, man, nothing like overreacting. Uh, But Joe Biden has also, at the same time, put off limits 2.8 million acres of the Arctic's Beaufort Sea, and 13 million acres within the National Petroleum Reserve banned them from ever getting new oil leases. The uh, brain child here is meant to erect a firewall against new drilling, that according to the New York Times. Now, most of these areas where he has said you can't go in, you can't drill, and where he has made it more difficult to ever drill, have never even been explored. So they don't have any idea what's even there, okay? We might have the greatest oil reserve find of all time. He's not going to let people go in there. And what about the Arctic Ocean? No new oil leases have been sold in the Arctic Ocean since 2007. That's according to Politico's Energy Wire. If a woke... Democrat-leaning organization like Politico says it, and you know it's probably even longer than that, but at least since 2007, which is 16 years ago. Alaska's governor is happy that they got the Willow Project through, but he is not happy that Joe Biden has put the other land off limits. He says, 
Taking future oil production in Alaska off the map won't decrease global oil consumption. It will just shift the market and give leverage to producers in other countries that don't have our high standards for the environment and for human rights. You mean countries like Russia? Yeah, that's what he means. So a little bit more information on this. Um, we, of course, had record gas prices last summer. Remember when gas was averaging $5.01 per gallon? We're getting the new summer blends coming out, so you can expect gas prices to be going up pretty soon. I did not know this. Somehow this escaped my awareness. According to National Review, which is writing this story that I'm reading to you, pieces of it, internal records at the Department of Energy made public in January through a Freedom of Information Act request show that the Biden administration timed up release of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves with already forecast price dips. So what they did was they saw on the horizon, because oil is a futures market, they saw decreases in prices coming. They then flooded the market with more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. And what does more supply do? It lowers prices. So where do our our petroleum reserves stand right now? are at their lowest level since 1983. Since 1983. Now, when will this oil start coming from the Willow Project? When will it start making a difference in the price of gas? According to ConocoPhillips, which is the oil company that applied for this, nothing will be produced from the Willow Project until 2027. 2027. Yeah, it takes a while to put in all the infrastructure and everything to get to this oil. And the belief is that environmental groups will launch a litigation campaign to delay the project even further. So, as I suspected, this is a cosmetic approval, could be hung up in the courts, may never come to fruition, but it allows Joe Biden to say, hey, look, I'm doing something. Y'all want me to do something. I'm doing something. Mark Thiessen, Washington Post, on why Biden agreed to do this, knowing that it would anger the environmentalists. Keep in mind the record of this administration. They canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. They canceled all uh, all new oil and gas leases in the Pacific and the Atlantic. Uh, they, they've, they've leased the least... Le- Least acres of federal land for oil and gas exploration since World War II. So that's what the, the record going into this. So why is Biden reversing course? It's because he's running for re-election. He's, he's leaning towards a run, and he's shoring up his vulnerabilities. What are his vulnerabilities? He he on his watch, we've seen the highest gas prices on record ever. We've seen the worst border crisis in American history. Uh, we've seen the worst murder rates since the 1990s. And so what he's doing is systematically going and taking steps to shore up those vulnerabilities. He kills the D.C. crime bill because he knows if he didn't do it, he'd own every murder in the district for the, uh, the between now and Election Day. Uh, he's he's talking about restoring family detentions at the border because he's trying to shore up his vulnerability on the border. And now he's trying to shore up his uh, vulnerabilities on oil and gas uh, by uh, approving this project. It doesn't wipe out all the other things that he's done to, uh, to launch a mm-hmm. war on fossil fuels. But he's trying to take steps so he can point to things that he's mm-hmm. done to say that I'm addressing yeah. those problems. Yeah. 
I know, shocking, right? Joe Biden would tell you something that's not exactly as he says it is. It is a characteristic of this administration. If you don't believe me, listen to his energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm. Uh, Big green energy advocate, right? Uh, Big global warming, you know, alarmist. Listen to Jennifer Granholm talking about the country that is really doing a lot to further... (laughs) To further clean energy investments. Now you're thinking, right, this has got to be, I don't know, Germany, they got rid of nuclear. Uh, This has got to be maybe a country that's going all solar. Maybe it's the United States. No, no. Listen to Jennifer Granholm lauding a country for its investments in green energy. I think China has done, um, has been very sensitive and has actually invested a lot in their solutions uh, to achieve their goals. So we're, we're hopeful that, you know, we can all learn from what China is doing, but the amount of money that they're investing in clean energy is actually, you know, uh, encouraging. It's encouraging. China. Aren't they building like a coal plant every week in China? How does she know that? How does she have confirmation of that? Well, you're you're say. assuming yeah. that she is investing accuracy in her frame of reference uh-huh. before she spouts off her nonsense. Right. Uh, here's a story from uh, the Wilson Center for Energy something. China is currently building over half of the world's new coal-based power plants. Coal-based power plants. In 2021, China began building 33 gigawatts of coal-based power generation, according to the Helsinki-based Center for Research on Energy and Clean Air. That is the most new coal-fired power capacity China has undertaken since 2016, and three times more than the rest of the world combined. Unbelievable. They're telling you... China has increased their investment in clean energy, and we should follow what China is doing. Man, their allegiance to China is hard to fathom. No, it isn't. We all know why they're doing it. Well, stop me if you're surprised at this, the latest headlines... Banking crisis widens as Credit Suisse shares plunge on alarming annual report. Uh, This morning, shares in Credit Suisse, which is based in Zurich, uh, dropped nearly 5% to an all-time low after it acknowledged yesterday that it has experienced its biggest annual loss since the 2008 financial crisis. When they are talking about your bank performing at levels that are the worst since 2008, that is not a good sign. And there's a lot of fear out there. We have spent a ton of time, Josh Pick and I have, on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show here on Money Monday. Tomorrow, Josh will join us at 1230, talking about volatility in markets and an inverted yield curve. An inverted yield curve is just what it says. A yield curve that is upside down from the way it is meant to operate. It has always been the case that the longer someone has your money, the more return you get on your money. But an inverted yield curve means that you get more money for short-term investments 
than long-term investments, if those are treasury notes or CDs or things like that. Well, banks like to lock up assured returns. Like they want to make sure they're going to get a return of a certain amount. And so they have a lot of their deposits in long-term investments. Now, the only problem with that is when an inverted yield curve happens, all of a sudden, if someone makes a run on your bank and wants their money back, you have a choice. You can either cash in your long-term investments at a substantial penalty, or you can try to sell stock in your bank to raise cash so that you can meet the demands of your depositors who want their money back. The problem with selling stock is it sends the message that you need money, which increases the idea out there that, "Mm, why does my bank need money? Don't they have my money? And this induces a panic and it induces a run on a bank. And we had the Silicon Valley Bank, which is really not a bank like a typical bank, because Silicon Valley Bank was a speculative bank, but the government swooped in and decided, oh, we got to save this bank because there'll be runs on other banks. And now we see it. We see other banks starting to, A, have people look at their balance sheets and say, hmm, this doesn't look good. They got a lot of long-term investments in low-yield long-term investments. And people get panicky. And if they have been not been vigilant in keeping their deposits in banks at a level lower than they are insured, $250,000, well then, what you see at Credit Suisse, what you see at Silicon Valley Bank, what you see at Signature Bank is what you're going to see at more banks because panic spurs what? More panic. Now, there's been this view out there that if you're a Republican, you hate this bailout of Silicon Valley Bank, and if you're a Democrat, you love it because... Well, Joe Biden did it, so you have to love it. Uh, David Sachs is a venture capitalist. He is based in Silicon Valley. He is for the bailout of Silicon Valley Bank. But he's not a fan of Joe Biden. And in fact, he makes clear here that we are reaping what we sow. We are experiencing what Joe Biden and his inept financial policies, the spending the continual borrowing, the continual lust for spending. It's now trickled down to the banks, and we have a very, very, very bad situation on our hands. And if you send the message across this country right now, in the middle of a banking crisis, that deposits are not safe, watch out, we are going to have those Jimmy Stewart runs on the bank. Listen, it was basically the Fed and the Biden administration who created this unprecedented inflation. They basically overheated the economy and then they slammed on the brakes and created all these toxic assets at all of these banks, not just SVB, but across the country. And I basically tweeted out, where is Yellen? Where is Powell? Where is Biden? They didn't say anything on Friday. They didn't say anything on Saturday. Then finally on Sunday morning, Powell goes, or, or Yellen goes on the Sunday shows. And she basically gives this wishy-washy statement that didn't inspire anyone's confidence. And you could feel the lack of confidence and the panic growing by the hour because I talked to many, many business leaders. And they were extremely worried that at the Monday morning open of this stock market, we were going to see uh, a panic like you've never seen before. And then finally, they did the right thing on Sunday night by basically uh, protecting deposits. And they did the right thing. And I think this is the wrong time for the sort of what I would call populist demagogues to basically coming out saying that we shouldn't protect deposits. 
So Vivek Ramaswamy is who he's talking about there. Saxon Ramaswamy got into a big Twitter battle. They were guests yesterday on the Megyn Kelly show. It was an interesting discussion. I would encourage you, if you have time, to listen to it today. You'll understand the banking crisis a little bit better. Uh, Charlie Gasparino, he's a Fox business analyst. And there's this thought now that Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, was before Congress last week, and he talked about, you know, inflation's out of control. The inflation number today, by the way, is 6%, which the Biden administration will tell you is great. It's the lowest it's been in whatever. It's 6%. It's three times the target rate. It's three times the target rate. It's 6% now over 6% last year. And it was way above 6% last year, which means prices are way up over what Joe Biden inherited. And he keeps telling you that electrical costs are going down. Electrical's up 33%. Cost of electricity is up 13%. Cost of utility gas, not gas at the pump, utility gas, heating, up 14%. Cost of fuel oil, up 9%. That's over last year. When it was already up, too, okay? So he's lying to you about, oh, we're bringing the cost down. No, you're not. Over last year, you might be bringing it down in terms of the inflation number, but not in terms of the cost, the actual cost of the power to heat your home, light your home, all those things. So the thought is now, well, this banking thing is bad. The Fed can't raise rates. Charlie Gasparino made a smart point that, If the Fed does not raise rates, it will be because it's concerned about the health of the American banking system, which is not good news. I think the White House is spinning this idiotically. you got to watch what the White House says. The Fed is a little more um, reliable on information. And I would like to know if they're really going to pause here. I mean, 6% is better on the inflation rate, but it ain't great. It's horrible, as a matter of fact. That means inflation is sticky still. And if... It's kind of interesting if Jerome Powell turns around and says, "Okay, we got a bank potential banking crisis here. I'm not going to raise rates. I'm going to take a pause here." Guess what that means? If you're in the market, it means the banking system is problematic. Exactly the opposite of what Joe Biden just said. Yeah, I know. Shocker. Joe Biden would lie to you that your money is insured. Everything is fine. No, it's not fine. We have banks that have invested as banks have always invested. They haven't paid attention or they weren't paying attention to the fact that inflation was ramping up. They believe the lie that inflation was transitory, was temporary, or that it was a good thing. Remember when they told us, oh, it's a good thing. It shows our economy's robust. They did not adjust their balance sheets, and now they're getting caught short. They have panicked investors who want their money. They don't have their money because they've invested it long-term. They've invested it in things long-term that will not pay them as much as investments in short-term. Smart banks were on top of this, saw it coming. Bad banks did not. Federal regulators, because, you know, they work for Joe Biden, said, oh, we can't sound the alarm bell or we'll be contradicting what the administration says about how robust and healthy the economy is. This could spin really badly out of control. I look forward to talking to Josh Pick tomorrow of Aptus Wealth Management. He will make sense of it for us. You don't want to miss that at 1230. Until then, have a great day.